We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here from LakersNation.com. This is the Lakers Nation live postgame show. The Lakers just battled the Clippers, came up short in the end. 103-97 to Clippers is the final score. We'll be breaking down the entire game. Was a very close one. Exciting game down the stretch. But again, the Lakers came up just short, which it feels like what we've been saying for a while now. Every matchup with the Clippers, they're right there and just can't seem to get over the hump and actually get the win. Uh, we'll talk about what happened in this one. A lot of things to break down. A lot of good that came out of this, but also some bad as well. Plenty to talk about. Appreciate all of you coming in and joining us from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Also, don't forget, everybody, to go subscribe to the LakersNation.com podcast, the audio version over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Leave us that five-star rating and review. Joining me tonight, he was just with me over on Playback. We were talking all the way through the game and breaking everything down. Uh, on the Lakers Nation live stream, it's Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you doing? I am recovering from a very exciting game that uh, unfortunately got my heart broken. But uh, Trevor, I'm doing all right. How about you, man? Yeah, it was a game where I thought um, the Lakers played with the energy. They played with the effort. They played with the intensity, um, the defense. I thought everything was good enough to win this game except for the shot making. They, they did not score enough points to win this game. Didn't score efficiently enough. You look at their final box score, 35% from the field and 20% from three. They were 25% from three in their game against the Golden State Warriors. It's hard to win basketball games shooting that poorly. That's That was the whole problem in this game. They did everything else well enough to win. They deserved a win here. They only had nine turnovers. They forced 21 turnovers. They... Kept the offensive rebounding battle at least fairly close, but the Clippers shot 46% from the field, 31% from three, which is a little bit low for them. They also missed some free throws. The Lakers, 35% from field from the field, 20% from three. That's not going to be good enough to win games most nights. More often than not, if you shoot those percentages, you are going to lose, and that's unfortunate because they did everything else well enough to win. I hope this is a scenario, Trevor, where they look at the process like man like we did almost everything right to win tonight 
but the result was what we wanted. So, like, let's get discouraged. I hope they don't do that. I hope they look at the game. They have two days to watch the film and, um, you know, adjust for, for Portland on Sunday afternoon and be like, okay, cool. We keep playing the way, for the most part, like 90% of what they play tonight. If, if we keep playing like this, we'll get we'll start winning games. Because, like, that defense tonight – for the most part, like there were obviously some some gaps and sure. some uh, missed coverages. This is still a, a new defense and you know a new coaching staff. But for the most part, man, like they really executed well on that end of the floor. They played winning defense tonight, and they made a bunch of winning plays. It just sucks that they weren't able to get the result they wanted. Uh, Kyle Hampton says, "I know we lost, but I feel like we played a better game than Tuesday and made some yep. real progress for game two. I'm satisfied. Yeah, look, they did. They they played." a better game than we saw against the Warriors. And frankly, look, we, I mean, the general sentiment around Lakers nation, around Lakers fans was they're getting blown out in this game, right? And you look at the rosters, you look what the Clippers have, you look at the Clippers have what we've been saying the Lakers need forever in terms of depth on the wing, size, shooting ability, switchability on the defensive end. They've got all of that. They've got tons of it, like ridiculous amounts of wing depth, and on paper, this game shouldn't have been that close. So I have to give credit to the Lakers for, for battling through this. But at the same time, unfortunately, I think a lot of that's going to get overlooked because the end result was a loss. We're going to lock in on that. A lot of, and I'm already seeing it in the chat, Lakers fans are going to be locking in on that and not giving credit for the positives that we did see. Absolutely. Which, look, it's a results oriented league, right? I mean, that's, that's still fair. But I think when we look at our analysis here, we do have to factor in that they did a lot of things really well uh, in this game. All right, let me get into uh, another super chat here. Isaiah, oh, couldn't shoot wide open threes on my birthday. Isaiah, happy birthday. But yeah, they could not knock down the threes. And here's where it, where it really starts to hurt. So you're nine for 45. 45 threes. They had 94 shots, 45 threes. So almost half of your shot attempts are threes. They're kind of being given those threes, but you look at this, Russell Westbrook, 0 for 6 for 3, 0 for 11 from the field. <laughs> that that hurts. Lonnie Walker, 2 for 9. Patrick Beverly, 1 for 6. These are all three points, three-point attempts. Kendrick Nunn, 0 for 4. 0 for 7 shooting overall for Kendrick Nunn. Um, 1 for 7 shooting for Patrick Beverly. Man, 1 for the, the Lakers' three guards, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, combined were one for 25 shooting the basketball. That, that There's your game right there. That's that's the game. One for 25. My goodness. Sean, I don't know. I don't even know what to make of that. I mean, it's frustrating because I feel like Pat overall, if Pat hits like two of those shots, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, Pat, you had a good game. Because yeah. Pat was great defensively. He was, you know, being a pest. He was being a leader. I thought those couple of clips that we saw, the audio assist or whatever, were great. He was being a leader. His rotations, at least in, in first glance, were, were, were really good. But, like, he's going to get a lot of votes from Master Lock of the Night, and it sucks because he was so good defensively. Um, he's a really bad lot past Austin Reeves, too. But, um, no, man, like, ah, it sucks. You need, you need better from your guards, though, like, mm -hmm. Kendrick Nunn and, and Russ shooting what combined were, were they, Trevor? What, 0 for 19, something like that? Yeah, something like that. But I mean, 
one for 25, you lose a game by six. If you're five for 25, which is awful, you just won this game. <sighs> yeah. Shane says the season will be over if Rob waits 20 games before doing anything. See, here's the, the glasses half full approach, Sean. I think if you're Rob Polink and he was in the building and you're watching this and you're seeing a clear deficiency that is preventing this team from being able to win games. I, I think this should create more motivation to go out there and get something done because it's so like this game was just screaming for someone, someone on the Lakers to be able to put the ball in the basket, just be able to knock down a shot efficiently. If I'm Rob Palenka, I'm going, Oh my gosh, I, I've got to find some shooting for this team. There's no way you can watch this game as a general manager and say, I know we're fine. The shots will start falling eventually. As a general manager, that's GM malpractice there. Like you have to at least be in your your office, you know, having conversations. It's like, hey, man, is it it too early to pull the trigger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Because we were talking about it and somebody said a chat in our playback stream. Appreciate everybody that was in there. It was like this team is one or two trades away. They're already starting to buy in defensively. Yeah. Offense, it's it's had some moments where it's looked stagnant and stale, but for the most part, for the most part, it looked good. It's it has looked good through two games. There's just no way you just say, like, nope, we're fine. We don't need a trade. Uh Javier said Russ needs to just stop shooting threes. Like I agree. He took some Above the break threes that were, were were bad. The corner threes I'm okay with, but the above the break threes not uh, not okay. Uh, Darvin Ham did bench him after he took a shot with like 17 seconds or whatever it was on the clock. Still, just kind of walked into it and hoisted it up there, and then that was he went and sat on the bench for a bit. Um, he's got to be more selective with that. Frankly, Russ shouldn't take six three point attempts in a game unless they're all just corner threes, and that was not what we saw. Uh, but again, I. It's a brick wall at this point, right? I mean, I was I was saying it last year. He sh- he just simply can't be allowed to take above the break threes. You cannot, unless the shot clock is winding down, he can't take that shot. Unless the shot clock's winding down, he can't take the pull-up 15 to 20-footer with 20 seconds left on the clock. That kills your offense. It gets the other team in transition. You have to be more disciplined than that. That said, I also don't want to just destroy Russ on this show. Like, as bad as the offense was, he came up big defensively a few times down the stretch in the fourth More quarter. And I thought those were those were really big plays. So I think I want to give him credit there, but the shooting was really bad on the other end. So I don't know what to make of this this game from, from Russ, but 0 for 11 certainly is not going to get it done, though I will give him credit for the defensive plays on the other end. Really quickly, to give him to, you know, give some positive Russell Westbrook vibes on this show, because, uh, you know, get him out while we can, right? Um the Lakers were down 97-93. Those two back-to-back steals kept them in that game. Because this is around the time the offense stale, stalled out. They could not buy a basket. And, you know, if the Clippers go down and score back-to-back, you could be looking at a nine-point game or an eight-point game, right? But instead, you get those two plays. Now you're only down four. You get opportunity to go do something, right? So um, Russ defensively made some winning plays tonight for sure. Always winning says third quarter letdown, no energy, hustle, etc. I need to work on third quarters. OMG. That was right after AD got hurt. 
and got pulled out of the game. So it, so Kawhi does a little pump fake on the baseline and AD goes to block the shot. And then Kawhi seeing AD is in the air, leans back into AD to get contact, trying to get an and one. And he sends AD tumbling. He winds up kind of, kind of just uh, undercutting Anthony Davis. And if you saw the play, you know what I'm talking about. It did not look good. He hit the ground really hard and he tried to stay in for a couple of minutes, ultimately comes out when he went out the Lakers whole energy for a few minutes there completely shifted because you could see where everybody on the team went, Oh my gosh, AD's out, right? Like that was, that was what changed things. That little stretch with Anthony Davis being out really hurt them. And I think it wasn't just him being out. It was the energy shift that we saw from everybody on the team. And that frankly, that probably cost them the game. I don't think it was a necessarily a dirty play by Kawhi. He's doing what guys do. They try to draw contact. Kawhi is Paul George does it too. They both do everything they can to get contact, to get free throws awarded to them. And that's what he was trying to do. And uh, he almost hurt AD. We'll see how the you know prognosis is coming out of this. I imagine he's going to be pretty bruised. But um, I think that's what happened. I don't think that was necessarily a energy in terms of the team just didn't have it that night. I think that was a kind of shock after seeing what happened with AD. Yeah, no, that's what I'll attest it to as well, man. Just the energy in the building. It's almost like the little Jazz game went last year. Um, I want to say in in February, the one we won. Um, at home, around the All-Star break, AD goes down. The energy of the building gets sucked out of them. And then in that game, no AD return. LeBron and the team, they will the team back and get the win. Um, when AD came back, the energy shifted. It went down, what, 15 or whatever. It got down to eight. Um, again, for the most part, I love the way the team competed tonight. Uh, Brody says, Mello is at home shaking his head. AD leaves his feet too much. Got cooked last game by Steph and almost killed himself versus Kawhi today. Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, there's a fine line, right, between contesting the shot and sometimes you have to leave your feet to do it. He's a shot blocker, but, you know, staying down would have been the better play on that on that example. But uh, Mello, I don't know if he fits this team or not i mean defensively you know that Melo's not going to be able to keep up with what some of these guys have, have done um but when you're missing so many shots yeah uh, that kind of hurts yeah, yeah it kind of hurts not having a guy like Melo that can just knock in a three <laughs> thomas crown says trev you were asking for dj the whole summer trash uh, we saw what did he get? Damian Damian Jones got seven minutes. Seven minutes. I don't think he was. Hey, look, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that he's been good or anything like that. But for a veteran minimum salary, and your alternative is guys who are 35 and up. I think Damian Jones is just fine on. But I didn't say give him 10 million dollars or anything. I said veteran minimum guy. That's a guy that you should go get because he can do some things for you. Uh, Peanut Butter Badger said, "As lo- although Russ didn't score well, he did have some good defensive possessions, and Wall looked pretty good scoring-wise. Do you think we should have taken the Rockets deal last year? Now, that would have cost you a first-round pick to swap out Russell Westbrook for John Wall. I'm not doing Hindsight's that. Hindsight's 2020. Hindsight's 2020, but still, even now, I'm not doing that. Now, maybe if John Wall goes on and has a fantastic season and puts up all-star numbers, you can say, well, they should have done that. But based on what we've seen right now, I wouldn't have done. I still don't think they should have done that deal. I think they're they're looking for something a little bit better than that. And frankly, I I just think in terms of the roster build, 
John Wall isn't what you need. He might be a little bit better than Russ right now. You can make that argument, but he's similar in terms of as a player, what he's going to bring. You're perpetuating the problem where Russ, if he has a good game, yeah, he had a good game, but he doesn't fix the problems that the team has. He doesn't improve upon their shortcomings. You'd have the same issue with John Wall. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's reasonable when he's played him to look back and, and say, well, should they have done this, right? I understand why people are making that comparison, but personally, I still wouldn't do it. Saw <laughs> on Twitter, you guys said, who's you guys said Westbrook is like Earl Thomas. I didn't say that, but if that's the case, the Lakers have Ravens Earl Thomas, not Seahawks Earl Thomas. Well, this is certainly not, you're not getting MVP Westbrook right now. That's, um, that's not, that's not what we're seeing. As of this moment, um, from the account, I'm confused with that one here, bro. It may, yeah, maybe it was somebody on the on the Lakers Nation account. I don't know if it was Matt or uh, or if it was. I think it was Matt. That really was on quick, the Lakers Nation account. Darvin Ham on Russ, Pat Bev, and Kendrick Nunn shooting one for twenty five. He says, "I trust them. They'll bounce back and play better next time around. We'll go and look at the film and see how we can help them be better." Okay, at which that's you know that's what you would expect a coach to say there. Uh, what's wrong with none? I had real hope for him. He just had a um, he just had a really bad shooting night. I mean, he yeah. he did not shoot the ball well. Uh, only played eleven minutes. I didn't think he looked totally comfortable out there. He was zero for seven. He just he did not have it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not saying this applies to this situation. I think we need to realize there's a difference between having a bad shooting night and a bad game. I'm not saying Kendrick Nunn didn't, he, I'm not saying he played well, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, lose all your hope or take all your stock out of Kendrick Nunn. Um, I still think, again, th- these are similar looks to the ones he got in uh, preseason, just didn't knock him down tonight. Uh, Kira said, You told me the Pacers trade wouldn't put us over. I think we questioned and we said they would have to prove that they could, they could get there with those guys. I don't know if that's enough to put you over the top. If getting Miles Turner and Buddy Heald is, I'm really interested in Miles Turner, Anthony Davis pairing, what that would look like. Um, these last two games are proof it would. I mean, Miles Turner's out for the week because he landed on a ball boy's foot, but um, but I guess that's besides the point. Uh, we do everything except shoot. If Russ made three shots, we went. Yeah, look, I, I don't think Miles Turner necessarily checks the shooter box. He can occasionally shoot the three, but it's not like he's a sniper. Buddy healed, yes, he would definitely help. And this is this game does, I think, move you more towards hey, that deal could help you. I don't know still if that's enough to say this moves you into contention, but it's very clear that they need that particular skill set of finding a shooter. I think they could probably use a guy like Miles Turner as well. I think that would be a, a nice fit for them, but we'll see if that can ultimately come together. If I'm Rob Palenka watching this game, he's got to be so frustrated. I know word came out that he's waiting till Thanksgiving, till after Thanksgiving, 20 games into the season. If there's something that's there that's reasonable, watching this, it, it breaks your heart, right? If there's something that's there that could help them and you see a game like this where one move and they probably have enough to win this game, I don't know if they have enough to win a championship or contend, but... One move probably does win this game. I personally think, 
and this is what a comment is. I'm like literally looking at the chat right now. Lakers need shooters, plural. I'm still more in favor now. I think of a Spurs deal where you get both Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott. You uh-huh. get two shooters and a good three and D guy and Josh Richardson, a guy that's like not terrible defensively in Doug McDermott. And then, I mean, oh, if they want to throw in Yaka Proto as the add-in, sure. But I'm more in favor of that deal if your if your goal is to get shooting because Buddy Heal just adds to a problem you already have of too many guards that can't defend. And in this deal, you get two wings that can one of them can defend the other ones, yeah, and then potentially Yakupertl. So I'm more in favor of a Spurs deal personally. If Yakupertl I mean, is in it, I am much more interested. But um, I still am very intrigued by a Miles Turner Anthony Davis defensive duo that could be very interesting um but also very scary terrifying on a night in night out basis in terms of injuries uh let's do an award here superstar of the night all right the superstar of the night oh for 11 it's not going to be russell westbrook anthony davis 25 points eight boards uh two of four from deep knocked in a couple of threes nine of 16 shooting overall lebron james 20 10 and 6 Six assists, two blocks, a steal, seven for 17 shooting. Uh, who are you giving the nod to here, Sean? I want to do AD, but I think it was LeBron, honestly. Yeah. I think on both ends. I thought LeBron made some really big defensive plays, and uh, I'm going to definitely dive into some of the film after, the, after we're done here, Trev, but I think LeBron was the best player on the floor tonight. I agreed, and, and LeBron ramped it up late in the game on the defensive end. And I thought AD was, was pretty good in terms of his efficiency yeah. and, and all of that. Maybe still not quite the level that the Lakers need him at. And I think he was hampered by that injury during the, the latter portion of the game. But AD did some good things, but I think LeBron was the, the bigger factor here. Uh, all right, so I agree with this. Big Dog says, Trevor, we need a trade and we need it now. We will not survive until the trade deadline. So like right this second, I don't know that you're necessarily going to get a trade, but I also agree that I don't know that you can wait until February. I think February might be too long in this Western Conference to wait to pull a deal. Now, remember, December 15th is when all the guys who signed contracts this past summer around the NBA are able to be traded. There are some that are later, like January 15th, but most of the guys who signed contracts are able to get traded December 15th. So maybe some things open up then, but I think if you're the Lakers and you're going to trade, you need to do it sooner rather than later. I think wait I I agree that February is probably too late for this team. Oh man, if we wait till February, just call it a wrap on the season. Yeah, that's that I think that's not going to fly. Uh Ken says we did good tonight on defense. Uh that was good. Way too many fouls for the Lakers. It was rigged. Plus Russell Westbrook is is has got to go. I'm tired. He makes 42 million a year. Well, Ken, man, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but he makes $47 million. Yeah, He was getting... 42 last year, right? Uh, it was a little bit – I think it was 44 last year. But yeah. in any event, I, I think it speaks to the point that we said it was rigged. This was a poorly officiated game. And look, we're going to look at things through purple and gold lenses, and that's, that's just the way it goes. Purple and gold colored glasses. Um, but I did think that there were some, some big – calls that went the wrong way uh, against the Lakers in this one. That was unfortunate, but that's kind of the way, the way it goes. Sometimes the refs are in early season form as well, I guess. The most egregious one was the one where Reese is backing up in transition, yes. hand straight up 
Like, what is he supposed to do there? That was easily the most frustrating. The only thing he could do was somehow like teleport out of out of the way or something. Like he he had nowhere else to go. He was just standing there, and I I don't like those calls where people just run into him. Um. Jesus said, the energy is there, no doubt about that, but the Warriors' shots are not falling or going in late in the game, and AD is taking those scary falls. Yeah, you don't like either of those things. You don't like AD taking scary falls and just can't get shots to drop. I mean, you could just see it. You could see it late in the game with, what, a minute or two left. How frustrating was that Lakers offense where nobody could get anything going? LeBron was looking around like, who do I give the ball to? Like, I get doubled. Who can I give the ball? I can't give it to Pat. He's not hitting anything. He had nobody to pass to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, it's worse this year. I, I disagree. Uh, Mamba mentality. This game was there, served on a platter. Bad decisions after another. We got stops and didn't capitalize. Turnover and bad shot selection killed us in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the offense down the stretch, like it stalled out. I think they went away a little bit from some of the stuff that was working. Um, and but no, the first part of this is absolutely true. Like you got the stops. I didn't even track how many kills they had because, I mean, they got a lot of them. I'll count after the night's over. But um, you got to close as much, as much as it comes down to getting stops, too. You still got to score. And the Lakers, they gave up, what, 103 points? and Or 105, maybe? I, I don't have the scoreboard in front of me. And Yeah, 103. They did what they needed to do to get the win defensively. Not going with very many games scoring 97 points. No. No. They could not put the ball in the basket but let's talk about that we talked about going into this game that some other guys were going to have to step up somebody else was going to have to do something because nobody did against golden state it was lebron it was russ it was ad and that was it against golden state we talked about how the other guys had to get going so let's talk about the uh the star in your role so who is it that stepped up star in your role so of the other guys not lebron not ad Russ, I, I don't even know if he quali- where he qualifies at this point. Who do you think had the best performance? Who stepped up the most? Oh, Lonnie Walker. It's not even close. Okay. Um, Lonnie was great tonight. Um, I thought he made some decent plays defensively too. 
Um, but offensively, Lonnie, I mean, scoring over 20 points. He was the third offensive creator and shot maker tonight. Uh, had some just wow plays. Took a couple of silly shots, I will admit, but Lonnie Walker was great. Yeah, Lonnie Walker was indeed uh, good in this one. 26 points, not the most efficient. 9 of 29 shooting, 2 for 9 from 3. But he was somebody who could create a little bit, not a guy that you can just give the ball and say, go, ISO, create a bucket. Not quite to that degree, but if you get the defense lean in one way, he can take advantage of it, get to the basket. Uh, six of six from the free throw line, three boards, three assists, two steals. Lonnie was just fine in this one. Again, 26 points. That's You'll take that from him. Uh, also, a uh, shout-out to JTA, Juan Scano anderson uh, Eight points, four yeah. boards, three assists, one steal. That The stat line doesn't jump off the page at you, but I think he did a pretty good job defensively. Um, I thought overall this was a solid performance from JTA. You kind of got what you were hoping to get out of JTA in uh, in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, this was a good JTA game. Mm -hmm. uh, this one says healed and Turner away from contention. Healed can knock down four to five threes with the, the looks. <laughs> oh, no. Westbrick and Beverbrick. We're now trying to, to smash Brick into Beverly's name. Uh, are getting. I mean, you're not wrong that Buddy Healed would provide some much needed shooting. That's for sure. I don't know. Do you buy that they are a Buddy Healed and a Miles Turner away from contending right now? Um, I don't know. Like especially how the way the way they played tonight, it's it's hard to say no. But again, I, I feel like this team isn't one shooter away. This team is like two shooters away. They need more than just Buddy Healed. And and again, like Buddy Healed is only adding to a problem you have. You don't have wings. And what are we going to do? You're going to go get another guard. Granny, he's, he's a really good shooter, and that's something the Lakers need. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you, I'd say this one, one trade or what. This trade, you're a title contender. Let me ask you, if, if Daniel Tice was coming back in the trade, is that the worst thing now? Like, if Thomas Bryant is out and Damian Jones is just okay – I mean, a few weeks ago, before the season started, we were saying that's a no-go because you don't want another big when you already have Damian Jones, AD. You've already got Thomas Bryant. I don't know if taking back taking on Daniel Tice is necessarily the worst thing right now. And I'm not saying that would definitely be part of the deal, but interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ricardo says, impressed with Lonnie Walker so far. Could he be as impactful as Monk? A little bit different as a player, more of a slasher and less of just a pure bucket getter like like Monk is. Um, he could, but he's got to be a bit more efficient scoring the ball. Uh, but I, I liked what he did tonight. I think he kind of played in a Malik Monk-ish role, and I think that was the idea when they signed him. Uh, Zach Roberts says, I like how we fought hard. We just can't close games and win without outside shooting. Rob has to see this, see this like we do. Yeah. I think everybody, everybody saw that. Rob has to understand that, hey, you something has to happen here. There has to be a move at some point. The question is, when do you pull the trigger? But they need to do something. There's no question. Uh, Borash said, I've been impressed with Walker. Uh, he's a pleasant surprise. Too bad he doesn't shoot from outside much. Yeah, that's that's part of the challenge there. He doesn't shoot from outside very well. We lost Sean for just a second. Um, 
Yeah, he doesn't shoot that well from behind the arc. And that's something that they need. That's something that they need. They needed to go get in free agency and weren't able to find it. Welcome back in, Sean. Uh, See why not says the Clippers missed a lot of free throws and their rotations were a problem. Uh, This was giving me, this was a gimme game for us and we couldn't close. It was right there. It was right there for the Lakers to win this game and they just could not take advantage. The Clippers did miss some free throws. The Clippers made some mistakes on things as well. Um, So it's not like you saw the very best out of the Clippers in this one. But again, if I'm looking at either side, I think the Lakers are the team that has to be looking at this saying, we let a big opportunity get away. Yeah, this would have been so, so good if they were able to get this win. And like we talked about the top, Trevor, hopefully they look at this game and say, okay, we did everything right to win this game. Let's not get discouraged. Let's keep playing the right way and uh, not focus too much on the result. Uh, Ken says, I understand on Russ, but he's 0 for 11, makes 42, 47 million. No excuses, two points. He would make his, if he would make his shots, we would have won. Yeah, I mean, Russ, none, Pat, all of them could not hit shots. All of them couldn't hit anything. Again, one for 25. It, it hurts more, though, when it's a $47 million player doing that. Hurts more that way. Yeah, I bet. I mean, and it's not even, it hurts because he's making 47 million, but it's, it's the opportunity cost. It's what else could that kind of money be getting you? That's, that's your two-way wings that you needed right there. That's the problem. Uh, And Dwayne Taylor chiming in says, we're paying $47 million to a player to go 0 for 11. Again, look, Here's Ryan says, we've got to stop letting Russ make a couple of decent plays down the stretch and let that justify a stat line like tonight. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Ryan, I mean, I am I just want to be fair and give him credit where it's due. But, you're, yeah. I mean, you also can't shoot 0 for 11. You can't be 0 for 11, period. And you especially can't be 0 for 11 when other guys are also missing their shots, right? Like that compounds the problem. If you're Russ and you are... You're Russell Westbrook. You're a former MVP. You've got to be able to figure out some way to get the ball to go in the basket and and help out your team, especially if you see Kendrick Dunn doesn't have it. You really got to make sure that you're putting that ball in the basket and he he couldn't get it done. Yeah, and to go on with what Trevor said, I wasn't trying to, like, excuse Russell Westbrook for shooting over 11 tonight. Like Trevor just said, I was trying to just highlight, like, hey, man, Russ made – a bunch of winning plays, especially defensively tonight. Um, so that, that that's all I was trying to do there. Like, again, not taking away from the fact he shot over 11. Uh, Ace of hearts. I'm just waiting for all the delusional Lakers fans who still think Miles and Buddy doesn't move the needle for this team. I It moves the needle. I just don't know if it pushes them into championship mode. Again, I've said a bunch of times that I would have done it. I would have pulled the trigger because I'm intrigued by Miles Turner and, and Anthony Davis. And I think Buddy Heal gives you shooting that you need. I don't know for sure that it moves the needle enough to put you into championship contention. It absolutely makes them better. The question is how much. Again, though, I I think I think right now let, let's put it this way, Sean. If they had Buddy Healed on this team, let's say Miles Turner is still out for the first week of the season. If they had Buddy Healed on this team, the Lakers' record is one and one right now, right? Yep. I mean, I think that's fair to say. 
the Lakers record is one on one with Buddy Heald on the in the on the floor tonight for the Lakers. Uh oh, I already did this one, Borash, about uh about Lonnie Walker. Let me see what else we've got. And we remember we do have the master lock of the night still coming, so I know fans are uh are gonna be ready gonna be for, that fun one. for that one. Yeah. Uh, Jerry says, look how bad we shot tonight, yet we almost won this game. I'll take that as a positive thing for the Lakers. Let's go, Lakers. I don't know. Like, are you okay with moral victories? No. I'm not okay with moral victories. But what I am okay with is like, like I'm if I'm in the if I'm in a locker room right now, I'm 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 obviously upset that we lost the game. Right. But that doesn't mean I'm not I don't I think we gotta get away from the fact that like highlighting good things that happen is like a moral victory. Like I can be upset that the Lakers yeah. lost because it's frustrating, right? But that doesn't take away from the fact that Russ made great defensive plays at times. Patrick Beverly was really good defensively. JTA, really good defensively. You got the looks you wanted offensively. And as a team, you played really, really good defense. That that can also be true while also being frustrated and say, hey, we got to do this better and we lost tonight. So definitely not a moral victory guy, but like I can definitely still highlight to my team in the locker room, like, hey, look, don't beat yourself down too, too much. We did a lot of great stuff here. Let's work on the stuff we didn't do well and then correct it going into the next game. That's just honest analysis, right? Well, like if, if you're, if you're just looking at it and saying, well, they lost, so nothing matters in the game. It's bad. They lost. You're missing everything that happened in the game that got you to that point, which those, though all those things matter as we're building towards whatever this team is going to become. You can't go in a locker room after a loss and just like say, you guys suck. We did nothing right tonight. Cause that's just not true. Even, I mean, not even to the team, but from the fan perspective. Like, I understand the team lost and that's bad and that feels bad. But if you're breaking down the game, if you're analyzing the game, you can't just say, well, they lost. So it was a bad game. Right. That's, that's missing everything that it took to get to that point. Because there were some good things, some things that could be built upon. There are also some bad things. Okay, what do those tell us? How do you fix those things? Can you fix those things? If not, what do you have to do? Are there more drastic measures? Do you need a trade? Do you need to do with these other things? Right. These You can't dismiss things and simply say, a loss equals bad, and that's it, and everything gets thrown out. Or a win equals good. Same thing the other way. You win a game, but you do a bunch of terrible things, and you just happen to luck into a win. You, you can't just say, well, it was a win, so that was great. Not the way it works. Uh, this is an interesting question here. Matt Creek said, players all talk about the pride of wearing purple and gold, but do you think it comes with too much pressure to represent? People talk about a, a Lakers curse involving shooting. They are shooting as a team. They should, as a team, based on their percentages last year, be shooting 33% from the field or from three. It's not good, but... If they were 33% from three, they'd be 2-0 and right now. <laughs> probably. I mean, they right now they are... They're averaging, I would guess, it's 22%. Yeah, well, I think the chat said they're 18 for 85 earlier, something like that. My goodness. Do you think there's pressure that comes with putting on a Lakers jersey? And that's what's going on here? I think there's pressure to perform. But, like, I, I, this might sound crazy, Trevor. I don't think it's, like, any added pressure to perform. Like, you want to show out in a Lakers uniform, get the big contract or whatever. But, like, if we're being honest, it's the same quote-unquote pressure 
that like any person has to perform at their job. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it gets added on because we're the Lakers, but like, it's no, it's no more pressure. This gets sound really, really weird, but I hope the chat follows me. It's no more added pressure than it's like for you, for example, to perform your job at a high level. You know what I'm saying? Like it's at the end of the day, like it's your job to perform and whether or not you're in a Lakers uniform in a Hornets uniform, you still have to perform. So like, I don't think it's, like too too much of a difference my bad that might be a really bad comparison but there is an added media focus though that comes with being the lakers that you're not going to get if you're a charlotte hornet right that that can bother players i think there is a pressure to it the expectations go up right um if you're a laker that said i mean i i'm you think back to kobe talking about look this this isn't for everybody. Like you've got to want to be in those spots. You've I guess got to I want to be in those spots. I guess I just don't like that. Like excuse. I think it's a cop out. I guess I'm, that's what I'm trying that to say. That there's too much pressure. It's a cop out. Like no, yeah. Like should... I feel like 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 oh well, he's not shooting well because he's in a Lakers uniform or because the pre- is too much pressure. I feel like that's a cop out answer. So maybe that's why. But that's fair. Uh, Daniel says, unless AD dominates the game, it doesn't matter what kind of trades they make. He's the key. Thanks for the work, fellas. KB824 forever. Absolutely. KB824 forever. Absolutely. Uh, AD, he hasn't he hasn't quite been the 1A star version of himself yet. But I think he's been pretty good both games. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been a two-way beast. For the most part, through two games, I thought you saw more of his impact defensively in the first game than tonight. But he's still been eighty. He's been really, really good. We had twenty-five and eight tonight, I believe. Trevor, he had uh, twenty-seven. I'm guessing from game one. So, and just in terms of his impact on the floor, I think he's doing really good stuff. Obviously, number one, you want to make sure he's uh, he, he's healthy and ready to go. If that means you send him out Sunday for my watching and breaking down uh, viewership, I wouldn't like it. But if you have to send him down for for Sunday, because then you you don't play again until Wednesday, I think. Um, so, but eighty's been good. Eighty's been good. So, just to talk about Sunday for a second, coming up against the Blazers, that's a must-win game. Yes, that's a that's a must-win. The Lakers' schedule over the first ten, even twenty games, it's very difficult. You can't let an opportunity to play a Portland level team slip past you. The team they did that. I said it all year last year, and last year the Lakers were terrible at this. They took games against the Thunder, against the Rockets, against all these lower level teams. And I'm not saying the Blazers the are quite that bad, but they took games like that lightly. They didn't come out with energy. They didn't come out with focus. They didn't come out with intensity. It's like they thought the other team was just going to give them the win, and instead they took home the loss. Sunday is a must win period they have to come in with all the focus they brought to this game has to and i know it's difficult to do going from playing the clippers to playing the blazers they have to take advantage of that opportunity and stack a win on their record on sunday it is a must win game and and to clarify i don't think trevor correct me if i'm wrong trevor don't want to put any words in your mouth I don't think Trevor is saying it's a must win, like the season's over. No, if they I'm lose. saying that the, men- the mental approach needs right, to be definitely. that this is a must win. Yes, I'm not saying the season's over if they lose. It's a must win mentality that's needed for that game. Definitely. Ken says, let Russ be Russ equals bust. 
Hey man, uh, neither Russ is like they're they're saying let Russ cook, and neither one of them are really cooking that. Like they're cooking. We want five star meals. They're giving us McDonald's. That's that that is yeah what we've seen. Um, Mike Conley, if Ham can get Russ to play D, he can get Mello too. Russ is closer to physically being capable of doing things for you on the defensive end of the floor than Carmelo is. And that's not to say that's I'm not trying to take a shot at, at Carmelo or anything like that. Just you're, you're he's speaking what, thirty. Guys. He's 38, right? I mean, you're not expecting Carmelo to have quick feet and slide and make all these plays. That's not what he's going to do. Um, I don't think with Carmelo, it's an issue of, you know, not being focused enough or not wanting to play defense. I think it's an issue of he's older and it's hard for him to do those things physically. Um, he can still hit shots though. But I wouldn't look at, say, you know, get, oh, just Carmelo Anthony needs a Darvin Ham to be his coach and he's suddenly become a, going to become a good defender i don't think he's physically capable of that yeah and i mean with some of the stuff this defense was throwing out with some of the coverages i don't think Melo's like capable going on to trevor's point i don't think he's able to play defense defense for the lakers right now and also like man Melo's what a bottom 10 defender in the nba last year like he's not good on defense he got picked on a lot defensively uh, michael is not pleased with us said Y'all really said Braun was good tonight. 41% shooting. Seems like your allegiance is with Braun over the Lakers. I mean, did you watch the game? All I'm saying is like box score stats are not the only way you can say a player was good or bad. That's all I'm going to say on that. I mean, man, like I've been hosting this show since before LeBron became a Laker. I'll be here after LeBron's a Laker. The earliest memory I have is of Magic and Kareem and the Showtime days. Talk your talk, Trevor. My my allegiance is definitely not with a player over the team. That's about as as ridiculous as as it gets. But I know it's just hyperbole because he's complaining about LeBron's shooting percentage. LeBron didn't shoot the ball well, but he did a lot of other things very very well for the team tonight, and he was the engine uh, for them. So yes, LeBron was was still good despite shooting forty one percent. And quite frankly, on this Lakers team, forty one percent is good <laughs> compared to what we saw from some of the rest of them. Talk that talk, Trevor. <laughs> uh, do you think LeBron knew AD was injury prone? Why get him? Because he's really, really good at basketball. When healthy, he's a top eight player in basketball who yeah. also helped win you a championship. Yeah. Mario says, buddy alone can't help fix this offense. Thank alone, you, Mario. Alone, no. With Miles Turner, maybe, but you, I think Sean, you you probably are talking about you probably need three players. Really, that's probably what you need in order to really turn this around. That said, Buddy and Miles would be a step in the right direction. Um, and I don't know what you do from there, though. Let me ask you a question. The third guy. Yeah. Again, I think if this was a realistic uh, possibility, they would have pulled the trigger. But let's say. And it's definitely not a possibility now, the way he's playing. And they're actually playing him a little bit now. Cam, Cam Reddish for Kendrick Nunn. And you do a rush trade to go get Buddy. So basically, you swap out Russ and Nunn. You bring back Cam. I don't even think you could do that now. But Cam, yeah, Buddy, and Turner. Like oh, yeah. I mean, that that would be in. Right now, I, I think you definitely do that. Just when you look at roster balance. And if you got to throw in a second to go get Cam, yeah, you do it. Uh, this guy's got a Vancouver Grizzlies logo here said would mellow fit? Well, he popped off shot threes, helped us win some games. 
He was hidden well in defense at the beginning of the season and gave effort. Yeah, look, I, I like Carmelo Anthony. I just wasn't, and I'm not saying he'd be a bad fit or anything like that. I'm just saying I don't buy the argument that he can suddenly become a good defender. But Carmelo Anthony's shooting would be a fit with this team. But clearly they weren't going to go that. Like, they signed Matt Ryan to do kind of similar things to what Carmelo Anthony would do for you. If they wanted Carmelo, they would have just signed Carmelo instead of Matt Ryan. Also, Matt Ryan isn't doing, he hasn't been as bad defensively as I thought. Um, and again, like Melo offensively, yes, absolutely. Like just plug that in right now. But defensively, <laughs> you're going to get burned. And that's the problem. Uh, Andre said, what was your favorite lineup tonight? That's a great question. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Was it I, was it the the small ball that they came back with with LeBron at the five? No, only because I don't think it's sustainable. That's the only reason. I'm trying to think of. It was the. I think we saw it a lot. This was one of the lives we went on our run with. It was the the Lonnie, Pat, Bev, LeBron, JTAD. And if we haven't seen it, I think that's a lineup we need to see going forward. Because mm-hmm. at least tonight, man, like. Lonnie's your secondary. He's your quote unquote Malik Monk. And like that's literally my comparison from now because he makes some boneheaded plays on offense sometimes. But just the pure athleticism ability to get downhill and just create for himself. Pat Bev's defense and then JTA being a connecting piece and LeBron AD. Like that's a lineup I really want to see going forward. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Miguel said, moment of the night has to be Matt, mic'd up Pat Bev moments. Those were great. Uh, and I was the, and was I the only one tired of the LeBron versus Father Time commercials? We get it, LeBron is old. I kind of like the Father Time ones, but maybe that's just me. You like the? Uh, it's because of the you said it was the '90s like video gamey. That's that's probably what it is. It's probably because I'm old too, and so it it just it speaks to me, I guess. You and me both. Hey, high that's, five. That's there what it go. is. That's right. That's right. All right, let's let's get into our our favorite segment here. Let's get in to the master lock of the night. Master lock of the night. All right. What are we putting into our good buddy, Chris, the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock tonight. Sean, what annoyed you from this game that is getting master locked? Uh, I typically don't want to do this because Uh-oh. I feel like you're supposed to like, if I'm a coach and I'm looking back at the game, I'm like, okay, how could we have won the game? But gosh darn, the officiating was so bad tonight. It was really, really, really bad. Again, I keep referencing it. But like the play in transition, I think it was John Wall attacking in transition. Austin Reeves is going hand straight up in the air. Doesn't tilt down, doesn't do anything. Textbook defense going straight back and they call a foul. I'm not blaming the game on the refs. The Lakers still should have won this game despite the refs being awful. But that was easily the the most annoying part of the game because the shooting we already know is bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we didn't expect like Kendrick Nunn and our guards to shoot that badly either. But 
the refs are easily the most annoying part, even though I'm not blaming them. I think both things can be true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a good one, the referees. I'm going to go with a triple master lock. I know they did some things defensively. Russ and Pat Bev did, and I'm throwing Kendrick Nunn into the mix as well. But the three guards, you can't shoot one for 25 from the field. You just can't. You can't do it. If anything's worthy of a master lock, it's that. I hate that I'm doing a second master lock in a row on the Lakers. I want to give it to an opponent, especially when it's an opponent like the Clippers. But one for 25 is master lock worthy, if anything is. So that's that's what mine is going to. It's a triple master lock. Chris is going to have to stack them up or something and lock that thing in because those guys can't do that again. I think there was a segment back in his WWE days where like they were lining them up for master locks. I think so. And yeah, that's all you have to do. Give each person gets a chair. Do it like that. The young West said we lost Caruso to keep THT to get Beverly shaking my head. Uh, Beverly again, didn't hit shots on the offensive end. That was bad defensively. I thought he was good, but yeah, I mean, ultimately if I had to pick between the two, I would rather have Alex Caruso than any of them THT or Patrick Beverly. And, but again, that was a choice. That was a choice. The Lakers made, they had the option to bring him back. All they had to do was say yes. And they said, no, and that's on them. Yeah. Uh, why not give Ryan minutes in the fourth quarter since he did shoot better than Russ? So what do you, why would Darvin Ham not go back to Matt Ryan seeing how bogged down the offense get? Was it just because it was a high pressure situation? What do you think there? Maybe it's a high pressure situation, but again, like you look at the lineups that did the best tonight. I'm not saying Matt Ryan was bad, but the lineups that were the best tonight were without Matt Ryan. It was, the seven players that made the most winning plays, it was LeBron, it was AD, it was Pat, it was JTA, Lonnie, did I already say Austin? Um, Austin. And then, I mean, hate to say it, and you guys are going to be mad at me for saying it, but Russ, he made winning plays defensively. Those were the six or seven guys, I feel like I'm leaving somebody out, that made the most winning plays. And, like, when we got to the third quarter, late in the second quarter, and the fourth quarter, those were the seven or eight guys that were really – being rotated in and out so matt was fine but i think it was just like hey we're riding with the lineups that got us here uh tice can hit the three better than our guards shaking my head Jeez, he's not wrong he's not wrong on that huh i mean tice can shoot the three a little bit uh gray raj said spurs trade is be is interesting because teams want and need a good big Russ and 27 to the Spurs for Pirtle and none and 29 and seconds to the Raptors. Richardson and OG to LA. So it's a three-team trade that he's proposing here. And you're somehow getting OG and Anobi plus Josh Richardson plus Yaka Pirtle. And what are the Raptors getting? The Raptors are getting uh, Kendrick Nunn, a first-rounder, and second-round picks. And Yaka Pirtle too, right? Yeah, they're getting Pirtle. Yeah, Pirtle as well. Okay, yeah, Pirtle's a big piece to that. I missed that. Okay, that's a little bit better, but this is still very much Lakers heavy. Lakers are getting... Okay, so Lakers are getting OG and Richardson. Raptors actually might get better here. Luca, don't be mad at me. <laughs> they might. They might. I don't mind that. Lead. I mean, I like OG and Obi Richardson. I think is a is a fit. Wouldn't mind something like that. 
Uh, Chris said, I wonder what Kobe would say. Uh, 18 for 45, he'd probably say that's not good. Yeah, he would He would have some comments on, on the shooting for sure. Ballhawk Sports said, Darvin Ham was tripping, subbing out JTA and Reeves for Russ and leaving in Pat Bev. Russ and Bev were good defensively, but sold us offensively. Lonnie, JTA, Reeves, Braun, AD should have closed the game. Yeah, I don't think that was necessarily the right closing lineup because you saw how much the offense stagnated because there was nobody who had anything going on the offensive end. Um, but I also understand, you know, look, Russ was making plays defensively. Pat Bev was making plays defensively. So I get that. But I, I think, like, if you're looking at this on paper and you say, we need offense, I don't think you immediately think, oh, we need Austin Reeves and Juan Toscano Anderson to be in over Russ and Pat Bev. Like, you can make the argument, but I don't think that necessarily is the easy choice there. Yeah, and I think this offense needs JTA or Reeves in them, especially with like a LeBron in there, because you just the first off really high basketball IQ players that are great connecting pieces for an offense and keeps the ball moving. Um, but no, I, I do agree, and and that was a decision that uh question that I, I questioned, and we were talking about it on the live show, Trevor, really really quickly from our Laker Nation account, Trevor LeBron says. Uh, and I love this quote, when you play the right way, win, lose, or draw, you can be happy about it. And we played the right way. We continue to take steps forward to get better as a ball club. Not, like I said earlier, not a moral victory or whatever, but be process-driven, not result-driven. Like, hey, look, we played the right way. We got the shots we won. We played the team defense. One, I thought you could win this game. You played the right way. You just didn't get the result you wanted. You keep playing right way consistently. The wins will come to you and you'll get them more consistently the uh, the results you want yeah good good way to put that uh reginald thomas said we're not being honest we will not win with lebron chasing kareem he shoots us out of most games we will not win with austin reeves not shooting the ball and no defense reeves has been exposed as a nothing no impact we need schroeder and some defense uh, schroeder isn't a defensive fix if you look at his I mean, he, he tries hard. I'm not saying he doesn't, but statistically, he doesn't help you a lot defensively. Again, he's going to hustle out there. Uh, I don't know if Austin Reeves has been exposed as a nothing here. I think that's going a bit far. He's been, frankly, a little bit underwhelming compared to what expectations were coming into the season. But um, I do agree he needs to be a little more aggressive looking for a shot. I didn't see a LeBron that was chasing Kareem out there, just gunning up shots. I mean... Frankly, based on how they were shooting, I would rather have LeBron <laughs> shooting pretty much every shot. Um, I didn't see a LeBron that was just forcing shots or anything like that. Um, it, I, that was not my my takeaway from this game. If LeBron was forcing shots, first off, like you kind of mentioned there, Trevor, at this point, if LeBron's chasing Kareem, that's might be a good thing for the Lakers because that means he's going to shoot the ball more. He's our most efficient player right now. Um, but like also... Lonnie Walker had more shot attempts than LeBron, so I'm not it, sure how LeBron's yeah, chasing. Four right more now. shot attempts for Lonnie Walker. LeBron had 17. Anthony Davis had 16. Lonnie Walker had 21. Like, I don't think this is him uh, stat padding or whatever you guys want to call it. Yeah, that that was that was not the way I viewed this game. Uh, Lakers do it best. Said we let the Clippers' weakest position close us out in Zubats. Absolutely terrible. On the bright side, though, I do think we are two 3-and-D players away from success. 
I think again that underscores that it's multiple players that really you need right now. One guy isn't gonna gonna fix this. Yeah. Unless that one guy is like, I don't know, is Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant or you know somebody like that. Jason Tatum, twenty twenty six, baby. There you go. I really wonder. Chris said, "I really wonder what Kobe would say about this team." This is sad, man. All Lakers fans are upset. We're not happy. No, nor nor should you be happy, right? Lakers fans shouldn't be happy. Not after last season. After last season, the worst fan experience ever. No fans. There's no reason for fans to be happy. That's why Charles Barkley's comment about Lakers stealing joy from Russell Westbrook is he supposed to feel joy right now? They haven't been winning. That's not. You shouldn't feel joy. Um. Yeah, I, it's not good when you see the team losing. I think there were some t- things they can build upon. I think there's some reason to think, you know what, if they made a trade, maybe they could be something here. But big picture, yeah, it's 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 bad. And what really feels bad is they did th- they did this to themselves with the moves that they made last summer. And now they've got to figure out a way out of it. And that's and that's what we're going to see happen here. It's not certainly not Lakers caliber moves that we've seen made over the last year or two and they know that and they're we'll see what they can do to try to fix it uh kevin miller said russ had one of his worst games ever so you didn't watch last season then but yeah lucky you uh the lakers are a joke of a franchise russ will average a triple double elsewhere they're hurting his confidence Hurting Next Russell's comment. confidence? Russ will average a triple-double elsewhere? Next comment. <laughs> I mean, how, how many games do they win? Averaging a, with Russ averaging a triple-double. Next comment. Oh, we've talked about this a ton. It's not about the counting stats with Russ. It's all about efficiency. It's all about role. It's all about those things. Triple-double is doesn't mean anything if it takes you 20 shots to get there. Whatever, you know, To get into double-figure scoring, it takes you 25 shots to get there. It's not going to work. Uh, trade Russ for McDermott, Richardson, and Pirtle. Lakers can still get an 11 million trade exception to use on Crowder. Just cut Ryan and Gabriel, non-guaranteed, to make room. You have to give the Suns something for Crowder, but um, that right, is part me, of this. Hear me out. Spurs, yeah. you know, through 15 games are accidentally okay. They want to tank. Russ in the first. I'm not. I'm just spitballing here. This is probably not going to happen. But would you do? Russ in the first for that Spurs package. You said TPE uh, in the first. I think you could do that for Jake Crowder. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not terrible. That's getting you the stuff that you basically need. That would definitely overhaul the roster. Getting you multiple pieces. Yeah. Uh, Victor says, stop looking at trades and try to find role players. Well, that's what we're trying to find in that's a what trade. We're trying to do. Uh, three and D players in the G League. Oh, go to the G League. Look at Miami. Love the show. And I know we're 0 2, but excited for the season. Well, Victor, I'm cl- glad you're excited. Um, it's I'm it's too. easier said than done, though, to just go find a three and D role player in the G League. Every team in the NBA is looking for wing players that can be three and D players. So that's not easy to do. I know Miami found some guys, they've had some success there. I'm not saying you don't look, but I don't think you can bank on that either. Yeah, and also Miami has like a rich system there, and they've had the same head coach there. They have the they, which means they've had the same development system there for set in stone and set in place for a long time. 
year one with Darvin Ham, you're not going to find much in South Bay. Bait for what Darvin Ham wants because it's year one. Uh, always winning said, I hate the three ball era. Bring back Twin Towers, please. It's We're not going back to that. We're not. Not anytime soon. It would take to change some of what we're saying. It would take like a Shaq level inside presence to change the way teams are approaching roster building right now. And on top of that, like even a lot of the bigs that are coming in are able to shoot the three because that's what they're growing up doing. So I don't think the three-point shooting is going away anytime soon. Uh, travel and repeat. We'll do a few more of these. Said, worst shooting team than last year? So far, absolutely. I mean, they're on pace to be the worst shooting team in the NBA by a, a lot. NBA uh, you would, you'd imagine, right? I mean, I don't. I, you'd have to go back to like the 70s, like when the three-point line first came around. Fair. But, uh, you would think the coaching staff would tell the team to stop shooting threes if it ain't working. Nine of 45 is atrocious. It is atrocious. Uh, but those are also the open looks they're being given. And again, there should be positive regression coming here. Like, they should be a bad three-point shooting team. They shouldn't be this bad. And so that's why you have to have some hope that there's going to be an uptick in these numbers, particularly that they are getting so many open looks. But yeah, so far, they are shooting terribly. Terribly. Uh, Gian Mercado said, Dennis would have made a difference in the game as another shot creator. That's a good point. Also, if Golden State had too much Matt Ryan, did this have too little Matt Ryan? Is there nah. a fine line in terms of how much Matt Ryan you need in your life? I mean, what where is he at? Yeah, what, 12 minutes tonight? I think so. Um, I don't know. I think this is like right amount of Matt Ryan. Because like I said, I feel like they play the eight best players on the floor tonight. Or the eight players that help them the most tonight. And that was, you know, Russ, Pat Bev, LeBron, AD, JTA, Lonnie, Reeves. I'm missing somebody. I keep missing somebody. But um, they played the eight best guys, especially from the second quarter on. So, no, I thought Matt Ryan was just fine, though. Ace of Hearts said, despite the loss, this game excites me more for Troy Brown Jr. because of his mm. defensive ability. You need wings. Um, still out due to a back injury. Sean, are you... When you see this team and you see what they're missing, does Troy, does Troy Brown Jr. check the boxes of the things that they need? I mean, if he can shoot worth anything, then yeah, that checks one of your boxes for you. Um, I don't know if we're like a Troy Brown Jr. away, but I think he'll help for sure. And again, the fact that they're doing this defensively with the lack of wings, like they what played one, two, if you want to count Austin, they played three wings tonight. And they looked this good defensively. Um, throw another one in there in, in Troy Brown Jr. Um, so, you know. Uh, this person said, Portland is good, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm just saying, when you're looking at the Western Conference and you're saying, okay, who is it the Lakers can maybe leapfrog and get a playoff spot? Because, look, the, there's going to be good teams that miss the playoffs in the West. That's what's going to happen this season unless there's injuries or something else goes awry. But you're looking at who is it the Lakers can be better than. Portland, I think, is one of those teams. The Kings are one of those teams that's in that's in the mix there. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying Portland is a bad team. I'm not saying Portland is a tanking team, is some rebuilding team that uh, that's not trying to win games. That's not what they are. They're, I think they can be a good team, but I don't know if they are a top-tier team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think most had them projected to be like a great team or, or anything like that. I hope not. 
Uh, one big positive is in the third, Ham found a good lineup when Reeves, Toscano, Braun, Walker, and Beverly. We need to see more of this lineup. It's small, but it did work in this game. Yeah, this was the lineup they made the comeback with uh, that we, we were kind of alluding to. Again, I love the lineup. I thought they played well. But again, I'm not sure if it's sustainable. Like, you maybe can get away with it against Portland. But, like, you play Denver on Wednesday night. I'm not sure you can run this lineup against Denver. Right? Um, it looks cool. It looks really, really good, actually. Even I'll go that far. But sustainability-wise, that's why I didn't mention it in my what lineup I yeah. like the most. I don't think it's an every night kind of line, right. but in certain situations you could deploy that uh, LeBron has been defending the five a lot already. I know he has. And that's where that gives you a little bit more towards like a miles Turner trade or a Yaka Pertle or something like that, where you just, you have a guy who this guy is a five and he's a good five and he's solid. And that can lessen the amount that you need to use LeBron as a five. Cause I do wonder how much of, LeBron playing the five as well. They're not getting as much out of Damian Jones as they would want. AD needs to take a rest. Thomas Bryant's hurt. So, all right, LeBron, de facto, you get to play the five again. Yeah. I know it's in the past, but the Lakers were really banking on a Kyrie and Seth slash Joe Harris trade fits so well. It would have. It would have hit fit uh, very, very well. Uh, we're going to, we're going to need to trade. Beverly for a wing. Don't need him. You have to make some kind of trade. With yeah, somebody. I, yeah, somebody's going to go. I don't know if Pat is the guy, but he does have a $13 million salary that when he's when you do make a trade, that could be valuable in a deal, um, just in terms of stacking up salaries and things. So maybe I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss Pat Bev being flipped in a trade later on, but I also don't think he's the guy they're trying to move. It's, it's Russ. They're trying to move yeah. Uh, San Antonio trade is still better. You get two guys who, who shoot over 40%. One's a defensive wing and a center who will actually post up on the low block. I don't know for sure that Pirtle will be included. I've heard the Spurs want a first for Pirtle alone. I don't know if you get that deal done, but it is interesting if you're adding three pieces versus adding two with the Pacers. I still think the ceiling's a bit higher with the Pacers, but you also have more injury risk with that deal. High five, Xbox junkie. Bam. Angelo said, Russ needs to go. He single-handedly killed our offense in late in the fourth. Spurs trade. Jay Rich, Doug McDermott, Pirtle. He's on board with that, sounds like. Yes. Give me more Spurs trade propaganda. Let's go. <laughs> All right. This person said, I've seen enough. LeBron and Russ should never be on the court at the same time. Their games don't mesh, and the offense stagnates. I will say this i think that's something we're starting to see darvin experiment more and more with like it was so apparent tonight like you start up you start them off together lebron russ and ad lebron actually got subbed out early in both the first and the third quarter the only reason i came back in so early in the third is because ad went out but um you know they are starting to definitely stagger their minutes and it's more so it's either russ by himself for the most part it's either russ by himself or russ with ad and it's LeBron by himself or LeBron with AD. He saw a lot of LeBron with AD. Um, not too, too much of AD by himself, but um, I, I do agree that on the court, the on the court fit just isn't there with these two. Yeah, it's it like on paper, it doesn't make sense. Um, and you see it on the court, it just doesn't. And that's why there needs to be a trade. 
Yeah. Um, Reginald Thomas, AR-15, master lock. He won't shoot. I think he does need to be a bit more aggressive looking for his shot. Um, fine line. Chris said, just curious, does Draymond and free agency help Braun and AD? It, if you sign Draymond next summer, like it helps in terms of having another good defensive player. He's not going to help you from three. He's not going to help you a lot on the offensive end of the floor. He could be a ball mover, so you can get that out of him, but he can mostly help you out defensively. Um, I, I don't think, like if you're the Lakers and you hear Draymond is interested in coming to L.A., I don't think that is reason to not make a trade and to not burn your cap space. I think it's something you explore, but it's not like you go all in on getting dream on next summer. Yeah. I don't think it's that great of a fit. Yeah, totally. I will say this though. You add dream on to this roster right now. You might be the best defense you could have. You could, I got you legitimately be the best defense. That's how good this team would be. All right, we're going to do a couple more, and then uh, we will call it an evening. Any super chats that we didn't get to, I will add to the podcast for uh, for tomorrow. We will get to them. Uh, do you add McDermott to a Pacers deal for two seconds? So do you swing it into a three-team deal? If you can, you're taking on some salary there, but, I mean, you do get more shooting that way if you were able to figure out some way to make it a three-team deal. Uh, Dark Wolf said, I think Dennis Schroeder would help make more shots. And if he played this game, we win. I can trust Dennis to get back to form. We played well. We're good. There's some optimism. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, just to have another option, like, hey, Russ isn't hitting anything. Pat's not hitting anything. Kendrick Nunn's not hitting anything. Dennis, go. Gives you, gives you a chance. Somebody else that can get out there and maybe get something going on the offensive end of the floor. I'm not going to say he necessarily solves everything. We only saw him for nine minutes. That's it. And he wasn't great in those nine minutes, but we've seen also a full season of Dennis Schroeder with the Lakers. I think he could help. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't dismiss it and say, no, he's not the guy that could have helped him win this game. I don't know for sure if he would have or not. Here's a, here's a positive note. Look at the stats here. You only had nine turnovers. The Lakers? Yeah. Yeah, you, you you forced 21, you only had nine, you had a 23 to nine assist to turnover ratio. You guarded the three-point line a hell of a lot better than even I could have expected against this Clippers team. The Clippers typically burn the Lakers from deep. Like if you're going if you're going to the film, you're Darvin Hammond, you're this coaching staff, you gotta be like, man, we guarded our tails off tonight, and you know. Kudos and also kept protected the ball. You gave your, and you gave your your gave your team an opportunity to win the game. Let's. Um, Paul George has a quote that's out. Oh boy. Huh. Here's what he said. He said, "I'm always a huge Russell supporter. I won't undermine the great moments we had in Oklahoma. He was tremendous for my career." This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
Okay, he left. Honestly, I don't get the shade or the hate or the stuff that's thrown at him. He's one of the best players to ever play the game. It's hard when you've got the pressure they're putting on him here. Quite frankly, it's not the team that's very geared for him with the roster that they have as well. Like, it's got to work both ways. He's very easily a 30-10-10 guy when he had the keys to the team. We can't forget about that. For me, I just want him to keep having that joy, keep having that excitement, that fun. That's what makes him special, the fact that he can do that on a nightly basis. I hate to see that it doesn't look like it's there for him, but you know, hopefully in the end it works out for him in his favor. Thoughts? If we're talking about like what he if what he said was factual, he's I mean, it's not like he like lied or anything. Like this team is not necessarily suited to for Russ fact. No, not at all. I mean, I'm trying to, uh, granted, that's probably the biggest thing that I take away that you said it was true. But, I mean, like, in 2022, 2023, is a NBA team winning an NBA championship or competing for a title with, with Russell Westbrook, the team being catered to him? Sure. 30-10-10, and 10, by the way, that's bullcrap. 30-10-10 all you want. To 35 wins? Sure. Have at it. Right. So, I mean, I don't know, man, but I mean, I mean, I guess technically a lot of the stuff he said was true. But in 2018, sure. Also, Russ is not the same player he was five years ago. That's that's just it. That's my big thing is that Paul George is talking about a Russell Westbrook that doesn't exist anymore. He's talking about Russ from five years ago, from four years ago. Could Russ be better than he is right now if a team was was tailored around him? Yes. But the Lakers would also be crazy to tailor a team around him. They're not winning that way. Russ has hit that point. You're not winning building a team around him anymore. You're not. This happens to all superstars. It gets to a point where building a team around them is no longer a winning proposition, and that's just where Russ is at. He can look better than this. I agree with that. He could be better than this right now. He could be putting up bigger stats somewhere else. But is that getting you where you want to go? No. And is that a good roster build for LeBron? No. That's also not a good roster build for Anthony Davis to build a team around Russ. You need to build a team around LeBron. You need to build a team around AD. This team was very clearly not built around Russ at all. The Lakers didn't go get guys that would make Russell Westbrook a better player. But I don't think that's their concern right now because they probably thought they were going to trade him this summer. Didn't happen. Now they're going to try to trade him this season. I do hope things work out for Russell Westbrook. I think things. I hope things get better for him. I hope that he can go to a team where if, if this is what he wants, I hope he goes to a team that gives him the ball and lets him do whatever he wants. And he can maybe put up triple doubles again. And that's fine if that's what he wants to do. But to look at this and say, well, Russ could be so good, but the Lakers just, you know, they didn't put a team around him and they're blowing it. And, and this is so sad and terrible what's happening to him. I, I can't get on board with, uh, with all of that. And again, I mean, I get it, he's your friend, but like he's that's like that's like LeBron. That's like LeBron, right? Back and when when LeBron's at Cleveland, right? And D Wade was spiraling out of control, like or like not spiraling out of control at the end of his career in Chicago. That's like in Chicago, it's like going through this rough patch during the season, if you recall. 
And it's like LeBron coming out after beating the Bulls that year. Like, ah, oh, man, it's just terrible in Chicago right now. D-Way, this t- the team needs to be built around him, yada, yada, yada. When, like, that's just false. I'm not saying Russ is in, like, the D-Wade stage. D-Wade was, like, completely a shell of himself at that point. But I don't think Russ is quite there yet. But, um, like, it's, sure, su- supporting your friend, but to what cost? Like, just completely now, leaving out context? Sure. I'll also say, I don't think... When you're looking at, at this this situation with with Russ, I don't I wouldn't expect Russell Westbrook to be having fun right now. The team again, they turned in their worst season in terms of fan experience. You feuded with fans all season last year. Your contract is a big factor here that's preventing the teams from doing the thing the things that they needed to do in order to fix things. And that's not his fault. That's not his fault, but that frustration is going to trickle over onto him. Um Somebody offered him $47 million. He said, okay, anybody would, right? I'm not blaming him for that, but that's going to be a factor here. I wouldn't expect Russell Westbrook to be having fun right now. The team spent the entire summer trying to trade him, doing everything they could to trade him. And other teams around the NBA did everything they could to try to extract every possible asset they could out of the Lakers as a penalty for trading Russell Westbrook because they don't want to bring him onto their roster either. I don't expect Russell Westbrook to be having the time of his life right now. That's yeah. I don't think that's reasonable to think that it's possible for Russell Westbrook to be on this team having a good time. And it maybe that just speaks to they need to get this done and move on sooner rather than later. And maybe it speaks to they should have done this already. It's going to be best, bottom line, for everyone, including Russell Westbrook, when this ends, when they part ways, whatever that looks like. It's a great monologue or epilogue there, Trevor. <laughs> All right. So leaving things off there because we've gone over time here. I'm going to take, I know there's some super chats that we didn't get to. I will get to those on the podcast. I will record tomorrow. That will be out late Friday night um, in, on uh, on the podcast feed. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever it is, listen to podcasts. Video version will go out. The next day on Saturday, that's right. I'm committing to a Saturday show as well. We'll throw in an extra one. I do appreciate all of you coming in here and throwing in these super chats. Um, some great questions tonight. So we got in some really good topics. Again, it's frustrating. The Lakers lost this one, but we're going to bounce back. Be ready for Sunday. If nothing else, I hope that from this show, we got to talk through some things and maybe you feel a little bit better walking out, having been, having been able to uh, talk through what was an unfortunate ending to the evening. But Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Till next time, see ya, and stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.